Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Before we get started today, I want you to listen to this awesome promo for a podcast called Ben and Sophie, Woby's Secret. It's really cool. Me and my kids love it. Check this out. Hello? Is anybody here? What is this? Two kids, a robot, and a missing professor. (gasps) I think this is it. The big lab is right over there. My home. Sometimes it's hard to believe you're a robot. You humans amaze me. Listen to Ben and Sophie. Wobie's Secret on SpokenMovieProject.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a really fun podcast. You should check out Ben and Sophie. Wobie's Secret. Today's shout-outs go to a bunch of dragons living among us. First up are Charleston and Strickland, sibling dragons who can fly, and instead of shooting flames, they can shoot syrup, which certainly comes in handy on pancake days. Thanks for listening, Charleston and Strickland. Kurt from Wellington, New Zealand, just turned seven years old. He and his dog Waffles can turn into disappearing dragons. Huge flying beasts who can become invisible whenever they please. Pretty awesome. Happy birthday, Kurt. Aslan, Madeline, and Soli are three dragons living in Boulder, Colorado. They are water dragons that can blast huge streams of water to put out forest fires. Great stuff, you three. Thanks for listening. There is a rare and elusive ninja dragon living in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. His name is Luca, and he recently had a birthday. He's probably, like, a hundred years old. Happy birthday, Luca. I hope you didn't dropkick all your cupcakes to the moon. Hope you had a great one, and thanks for listening. Vihan Minoj is a massive, heavy stone dragon from Singapore who pretends to be a statue during the day and protects his city at night. Great job, Vihan. Thanks for listening. Now, on to today's episode, titled, Max and the Grey Dragon, Part 4. Previously on the Max and the Grey Dragon series, they learned that the gloop 
army has been destroying countless islands. Most recently, the Gloops destroyed the Dragon Sanctuary. Luckily, many dragons survived, as well as many of the cat-like guardians. Now, the dragons have teamed up with Max and his hero friends. They are all traveling to the valley where they hope to make a final stand and destroy the Gloop army once and for all. The heroes flew high above the ocean on their way to the valley. Max gripped his saddle as he rode on the back of the gray dragon. He was surrounded by other dragons of all types and sizes and colors. There was Luna, the all-white dragon with feathered wings. Kano, the lava dragon, shimmered red and orange in the sunlight. There were countless little pocket dragons flying about, small enough to fit in a jam jar. There were a few pink dragons that Vernon told Max were love dragons, but he wasn't sure if Vernon was just messing with him or if they really were some kind of love dragon. There were dragons that seemed to blur out of sight and disappear. There were storm dragons and dragons of all colors. They flew through the sky and cast a massive shadow down upon the waves below. Max couldn't even count all the dragons flying among them, but he figured there were close to a hundred. It seemed like an unstoppable group. But then he remembered that the entire dragon sanctuary was overrun with these gloop creatures, so they must be very dangerous. Soon they came upon the shores of the valley, and Eugene and Max flew out in front, leading everyone to the valley town ninjas. It was important for everyone to prepare for battle quickly. People were amazed to see this massive group of dragons flying through the sky. By the time they all landed at the dojo, there was a crowd of onlookers there to greet them, including Master Momo and Old Witch Tubes. Max slid out of his saddle and ran up to Master Momo. Hey there, Max. Looks like you've made some new friends, Momo said. At least I hope they're friends. Well, said Max, I'm pretty sure none of these dragons likes me. They're certainly not enemies. Good to hear, I guess, said Momo. So what is all this? Some kind of dragon family reunion? And is that one carrying a donkey? Momo, there is a terrible danger coming this way, said Eugene. We must band together if we hope to save the valley from certain destruction. Oh, of course there is, said Master Momo. We can't go a month around here without some awful beast or villain threatening our well-being. So what is it this time? And so Luna, Max, and Eugene spent some time telling Momo all about the recent events. Most importantly, about how the Gloop army and their hundreds of ships would be here soon. They spent some time talking and discussing things, and finally had decided on a plan. Max climbed and stood on the back of Eugene to announce it to the surrounding crowd. Citizens of the Valley! A terrible army will be here very soon, perhaps within a day. The Gloop army will stop at nothing to destroy everything in its path. It will take all of us working together to defeat them. Their ships will attack the valley from all sides. We must split up and defend the coastline. Myself and the Dragon army will defend the north. Defending the south part of the island, beyond the southern swamps, is Steve the Goblin King and his Goblin Horde. They will be joined by Dapple the donkey and Fluffy the ninja guinea pig. Along the west coast of the valley, the Clown Dojo, Southern Swamps Dojo, and the students of the academy. And finally here, the east side of our island will be defended by the Valley Town Ninjas and the spellcasters of the Rock Fields. Everyone else report to Ben Ben for your assignment. 
This will be the greatest challenge the Valley has ever faced. Good luck. As Max stepped down from Eugene, the citizens who had been huddled around now rushed in all directions to prepare and do their part and spread the word. Master Momo noticed Tatiana, Benben, and Bulis prepping their scooters. Tatiana, good to see you, said Momo. Glad you were able to return all the pirates' stolen booty. I'm sure you've got some stories to share once all this is over. Most notably, why did you return with a donkey and a talking guinea pig? Yeah, Master Momo, that was kind of a wild mission. I'll tell you all about it soon, said Tatiana. But right now we're headed up to Beechwood Beach to seek the help of some old friends. We'll be back shortly. All right, then. See you back soon. Earlier, while Max was giving his speech, Tatiana remembered something. She remembered some friends they made a while back. Friends that lived deep in the ocean. Tatiana, Benben, and Bulis had once helped a kingdom of mermaids defend their realm against the evil rude boy lobster army. And now the ninjas were seeking the help of the mermaids and dolphins to help fight off the gloops. The ninjas quickly reached Beechwood Beach, where they first encountered the injured mermaids. They entered the water with the help of the magical amulets that Old Witch Tubes made for them. Their legs transformed into mermaid flippers. They swam to the ocean floor in search of the mermaids they fought alongside during the Battle of the Mermaid Kingdom. Soon the mermaids they met before, Gwen and Evie, swam up to greet them. Ninjas, we're so happy you came to visit said Gwen. It's good to see you, said Tatiana, but we're not here for pleasantries. There is a terrible army about to descend upon the valley and we need your help. Whatever you need, just let us know, said Evie. Tatiana explained the impending danger of the Gloop army and the mermaids agreed to help. Lucky for you, we are allies with the dolphins now, said Gwen. We can use their laser eyes to blast holes in the ships of these creatures. Hopefully, that'll help make a difference in battle. Thanks, you two. We knew we could count on the Mermaid Kingdom, said Bulis. And with that, Bulis, Benben, and Tatiana sped back to the Valley Town Dojo. The skies were filled with dragons, and there were ninjas and people moving all over the valley, preparing for the arrival of the Gloop soldiers. For one entire day, the citizens of the valley built up defenses against the Gloop army. Teams of heroes were spread all around the coast of the island where they kept watch on the ocean, peering out at the water looking for some sign of the hundreds and hundreds of boats of the Gloop army. The entire island was on high alert and nerves were up. The boats came into view sooner than they thought. The Gloop army was sailing fast through the water surrounding the valley. Tim caught sight of them through his telescope. Boats! he yelled. Boats! and everyone nearby rushed to his position and saw in the distance a mass of ships. There were so many ships cutting through the water that they covered the horizon. There was no space where the ocean met the sky. That space was filled with the warships of the Gloop army. As the boats neared land, the heroes noticed bright red lasers burst up from beneath the water and blast holes in some of the ships. What in the world is all that? asked Momo as he squinted out to sea. Well, that's the Mermaid Kingdom and the Dolphin Army. The dolphins can shoot lasers from their eyes, answered Tatiana. Of course, replied Momo. 
and it was satisfying to see the gloop boats explode and sink into the water. But there were so many more boats. They kept coming and coming, and soon you could barely see the surface of the ocean there were so many boats. They reached land quickly all around the island. The Gloop soldiers didn't try and dock their boats. They just rammed them straight onto land until there were big piles of boats just smashed up on land and the Gloop soldiers would all roll out to battle. The Gloops themselves didn't seem very threatening. They were just roundish blobs of jelly. But to see so many, thousands of them rushing forward, smashing into each other and combining to make bigger and bigger versions of themselves... Soon the ninjas and wizards were aware of how dangerous this enemy really was. The citizens of the rock fields and the valley town ninjas all rushed to protect the east side of the island from the gloop army that was powering toward them now. The wizards of the rock fields, some flying in the air, blasted the gloops with fireballs and ice magic and lightning that cracked from their wands and staffs. Old Witch Tubes rode her horse, Henderson, among the gloops as they rolled off their boats. Henderson dashed in and out of the gloops as they swung their swords and spears at him. Tubes bounced in the saddle, blasting the gloops with her magic staff. And they exploded into chunks of jelly-like globs. Because Stella Ben-Ben and some of the dragons had already fought the gloops, they were able to prepare for this battle. Tatiana stood on a tall building, launching flaming arrows into the Gloop army. The Gloops were afraid of the flames, and they scattered to try and avoid the arrows. Instead of swords, the ninjas fought the Gloops with shovels. They hacked away at the enemy, making them smaller and smaller with each shovelful they swatted away. The heroes did well to battle the first wave of Gloops. And more Gloops crashed onto land in their ships. And more and more. They pushed the heroes further inland until the sight of the coast was distant. The battle neared Valley Town now. The gloops pulled back for just a moment. They rolled backward and into each other. They smooshed themselves into a massive gloop as big as a mountain. And then the gloop mountain reshaped itself and morphed into a human figure with two legs and two arms and a head. The gloops transformed into a 100-foot-tall gloop man that towered over the heroes. The massive gloop man reached behind itself and picked up one of the crashed boats. It lifted the boat above its head and threw it at a group of wizards. The wizards barely scattered out of the way as the wooden boat exploded into a million pieces. For a moment, the heroes wondered how they were going to fight this new huge gloop beast. Let's lure it to the rock fields, yelled Tubes. I have an idea. And the heroes all ran away from the giant gloop man, and the giant gloop man mindlessly followed. He stomped into the ground with so much power that the earth shook with each step. Once at the rock fields, Momo questioned Tubes. All right, Tubes, it's right on our tail. It'll be here any second. What's your plan? Without saying anything, Tubes reached into her pouch and pulled out a simple sword handle. There was no blade. At first, Momo was confused. What good is a sword handle? Then he remembered their battle with the Red Dragon long ago. He remembered how this magical sword was activated by the power of the rock fields. It glowed blue, and it protected him from the Red Dragon's flame attack. 
and without it they would have surely fell to the red dragon. Momo took the sword hilt in his hand, and it began to glow gently. The giant stomping gloop thundered into the rock fields, knocking over ancient boulders that had stood for centuries. A bright blue flame shot from Momo's sword, and its light was so bright it hurt to look at. We'll distract it, said Tubes, and her and the others rushed the gloop monster and turned away at the last minute, trying to get its attention. Momo felt the sword hum in his hand, and the blade grew and grew until it was as big as him. He looked to the beast. Heroes swarmed at the feet of this monster, trying to distract it. The gloop giant crushed rock homes beneath its huge feet, and it was so tall Momo could barely see up to its head. Momo held his magical blue sword high and ran to the monster. He reached one of its feet and slashed quickly. The magical glowing blue blade of the sword cut into the translucent jelly foot and the gloop roared in pain. The beast fell to the ground with an earth-shaking boom. Momo continued his attack, slashing away at the monster as it tried to grab him. The magical blade blasted the gloop in all directions, and Momo used the magical sword to block the beast's attacks. The rest of the heroes raged against the beast, hacking and blasting him to bits. Soon, the gloop monster was just a giant pool of gross, slimy goop. The heroes stood, exhausted, many of them covered in slime. Ah, oh, this is really gross, said Tim, who was covered from head to toe in gloop slime. Yes, yes it is, said Momo. The blade of the magical sword had already faded away, and he was once again holding just a sword hilt. The heroes took a minute to catch their breath, and then, in the distance, they heard the sounds of battle. The gloop army had certainly landed all over the island by now. Sounds like we're just getting started, ninjas, said Momo. Tubes, how about you and the wizards head west to support the academy on that front? We'll head south to help out with that battle beyond the southern swamps. Sounds good, Momo, said Tubes. Good luck. And the heroes sped to help others in the great gloop battle. The End in the coming episodes of Max and the Grey Dragon, we will visit the north, south, and western battles there in the valley and hope our heroes can fight off these awful gloops. Now on to some awesome shout-outs here at the end. Daphne and Chick enjoy the show. Daphne, I loved your drawing. And Chick, thank you for fighting all those gloops. You two are awesome. Aisha has drawn countless pictures of characters featured in the stories, and I think they're all so good. Thank you for sharing those drawings with me, Aisha. You're awesome. Beisha is a big fan of the show, and I'm glad she sent in her drawing from the Gloop origin stories. Great job, Beisha. You're awesome. And Malachi, another big fan and artist of the stories. I'm glad you shared your drawing with me, Malachi. You're awesome. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. There are more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Send any questions, ideas, and drawings to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios!